All right. Well, I thought I would go ahead and take a question here. Uh, I, wearing the same shirt, I decided to go ahead and uh, do a couple of posts here at the same time. Uh, we just talked about the Davos meeting in the previous one, but here I'd like to answer a question that came in from Mike. Uh, hello, Pastor. I want to thank you for answering my question, a previous question. I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I have another one. When believers die, do we go to heaven now? I know to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ, but... If the dead in Christ will be raised, then all who are alive and remain will meet the Lord in the air. Well, where do the dead in Christ come from? Or where are the dead in Christ coming from? Thanks for your time. Really blessed by you, brother. Well, thanks, Micah. Blessed by you as well. All right. Well, this is a good question. I was really uh, enjoyed thinking about the answer to this question, too. But let me go ahead and start by uh, uh, directing you to a couple of the passages that are in view here. Uh, first off, Mike is quoting from Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let me start in verse 1 and read through verse 9. Uh, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, or he's speaking about the, the physical body, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal, in the heavens. He talks more about that concept and what that looks like in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, but here, in verse 2, it continues, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed we have been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For if we are, uh, if we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, uh, not because we want to be unclothed, but rather further clothed, that, uh, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we are, uh, for we walk by faith and not by sight. For we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to Him. Now, to be absent from the Lord means physically, like we're not physically in the presence of God like we will be one day when, in fact, we say goodbye to this earthly tent and we find ourselves um, absent from the body but present with the Lord. Now, there's an interesting thing here because uh, this really begins to get to the question that Mike is asking. Um, what happens when we die now? I mentioned 1 Corinthians 15 a moment ago, and I'll invite you to go ahead and read the passage in verse 50 through 58. Really, the whole chapter is a remarkably important one uh, for us to be familiar with, dealing with the question of the resurrection of Christ, both its importance in our theology, our understanding of the gospel, um, but also in regard to its implications. What happens? Uh, what does it look like? What does it mean that we're resurrected? Well, in short, again, I'll encourage you to read the passage, but in in short, uh, we are uh, currently clothed with corruption. In other words, a body that corrupts and decays and dies over time. But one day, this incorruption or this corruption will be clothed with incorruption. Uh, that which uh, fades away ultimately be re will be replaced by that which won't. Uh, and Paul re refers to this as being kind of a body fit for heaven. Uh, this body's not fit for heaven. So when we die, at some point, uh, we will gain that glorified body. Uh, now, Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 4, let me go ahead and read verses uh, 13 through 18. Now, typically we uh, spend time talking about the rapture here, and it is what's present in this in this uh, passage in verse 17, but I want to talk more about the glorified body part of it here. Uh, in verse 13, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or those who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. In other words, those who've already died in Christ. 
For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Or again, we will not be raptured up before those who have died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. How could these words not be comforting? Certainly in the midst of the persecution and suffering that they were enduring in the first century. Um, Okay, so what is Paul saying? Well, he is saying that there's a time coming when Christ will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, and he will call out, and those who have died in Christ will rise first. And I believe this rising with Christ first could only mean the same thing that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 15, where it talks about receiving that glorified body. In the moment, at the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, as, as Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 15, we shall be changed, right? And so the idea is that those who have died in faith in Christ, presumably speaking of the church age believers, although it may be that Old Testament believers also rise up at this point, it could be, or it may be that this refers just to the church and the Old Testament saints get their glorified bodies at some other point, at maybe at the instituting of the kingdom. Uh, the Millennial Kingdom in uh, in Revelation 20. There's some debate and discussion about how that plays out in regard to the Old Testament saints. I personally don't have a problem with either explanation of that. I think they could be raised up when the church is, or it could be that they are raised up as a distinct entity in, as Old Testament believers looking forward to Messiah. But either way, we don't know. That's not. I don't really know how that's going to be. We'll see one day for sure. But here in First Corinthians or First Thessalonians chapter four. At the very least, I'll just focus on the church here. So those who have died in Christ, they will rise up first. In other words, they will be changed first, although, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, it's going to be in the twinkling of an eye that this all takes place. Here in 1 Thessalonians, Paul is just telling us that there is, in fact, an order to the events that take place in regard to the resurrections. There are those who are dead in Christ first, and they rise up, and they receive their glorified bodies, and then those who are alive and remain receive their glorified bodies, and they're changed. They don't die. Uh, matter of fact, that Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 15. He says that we shall not all uh, die, but we shall all be changed, right? And so those who die first rise, they're caught up, and they get their glorified bodies. And instantaneously, albeit after, in, you know, in, in however that time is divided at that point, we just follow those who ultimately uh, uh, were were dead in Christ but rise first. We rise after them. I'm saying we like if it happened today. I think the rapture could happen at any moment. And so if it happened like right now, you and I as believers who are watching would be caught up instantaneously, but we would notice that in some way, uh, in some sense, in some way, those who died before us in Christ are ahead of us just by that instantaneous little bit. It's so instantaneous as to be almost negligible. But Paul does mention that those who died in Christ first are are actually going to go first and will follow them. So where are they coming from? Now, this is the part of the question or the answer to the question I found fascinating, because when we think about the rapture, we tend to think about it just ourselves. Like we can't wait to be caught up to go meet the Lord in the air. Um, but what if you were, what if you died in Christ and this event took place and now you're, you're in heaven? Uh, Paul does say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He kind of speaks about this in Philippians chapter one as well. Um, 
you know, we, uh, we do in fact go to heaven right now. Like, you know, that, uh, in, in, uh, Luke chapter 16, when Jesus speaks about the rich man and Lazarus, I don't think it's a parable at all. I think it's actually an account that Jesus is telling his followers about. Uh, Lazarus is a beggar who, uh, who dies and he goes to a place that's alongside of Abraham. And the rich man goes to this other place, uh, that we refer to as Hades. And there's a gulf between the two places in the afterlife. It's not heaven, but it's not hell. It's sort of a waiting period. It's, it's a, a waiting kind of a place. And here on the one side are those who've died in faith alongside of Abraham. Uh, and so at some point, that part of this whole area is emptied, and they are ultimately in the presence of God right now. Those who are in the Hades part of this uh, are ultimately cast into the lake of fire with death uh, when the after the great white, white throne judgment. Uh, so we don't go to that place that Lazarus was. We go to where Lazarus is, and that's in heaven. We're in the presence of the Lord. Uh, um, you know, uh, so when 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 the rapture comes there is a coming together to get our glorified body of both living believer in that moment and believer that passed again maybe just the church age or maybe all um uh believing saints of of you know the church age and prior um we'll see what happens but whatever the case there is a group of us that are coming from the earth but there's also those coming from heaven I say heaven like above because when Jesus ascends, he ascends into heaven. So we naturally tend to think of heaven as being up there somewhere, but it may just be interdimensionally. Like all of a sudden they just, the Old Testament saints just appear or uh, again, whether it's Old Testament or not, but certainly church age saints just appear and they receive their glorified bodies. It's just first before us, but they're in heaven right now. So they sort of step out of this unrobed eternity with God and they receive their glorified bodies fascinating, amazing. And uh, just to think about like anybody who you know that's a believer that has passed on, you'll meet them again, you'll see them again, and they will get their glorified body just prior to you, but basically at the same time. They'll step out of eternity already, and we'll be entering etern- uh, sort of an eternal state, you know, an eternal condition, if you will. So uh, I think that's the answer to that question. I think that those who are uh, rising first are rising in the sense that they are getting their, their mortal bodies becoming immortal and glorified and they are receiving it in that moment as we are caught up in receiving ours as well. I actually can't wait to see how that looks when we actually see it happen. Now, this is again one of the great blessings of being a believer is this is just one of the many things, the myriad things that you and I are privy to that we'll get to see, we'll get to experience. Uh, there's really like no end to the incredible things that the Lord has, uh, is, is surely, as Isaiah said, and then Paul reiterates, you know, eye has not seen or ear heard what God has prepared for those uh, who love him. And so this will be one of them. It'll be exciting to see. And uh, to the best of my knowledge, I think that's the answer to the question. So hopefully that answers it uh, sufficiently. But, um, but hey, you know, keep your nose to the scriptures. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll have a, a new insight that you get out of it in your own study of it that you'll be able to share as well. So uh, thanks for asking, Mike. I really appreciate that. Thanks for the kind words. I always appreciate that as well.
So, uh, well, if you have any questions or thoughts you want to share, you can do so in the comments section on each of these posts, or if you want to email me at info at calvarychapelfranklin.com, you can always do that as well. As I recall, I think Mike may have done that. And so, um, 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 so feel free to share that. And, uh, chances are, if you're wondering about something, others are as well. And I like to address these things on a post. I think it's a, a great tool in discipleship to sit down and consider these things as a part of our faith and, and encouraging and building us up. So Mike, thank you for your question. But, uh, Father, we do thank you for the great hope we have. We thank you that one day, uh, we shall be changed. Not all of us will necessarily die and pass off the scene. Uh, and be in sort of that spiritual kind of condition in the presence, uh, in your presence in heaven. Uh, some of us will be here on the earth when the rapture happens and we'll all be caught up, uh, just about together, uh, as we follow those who, uh, um, you know, who, uh, died in Christ first and we all receive our glorified bodies. This amazing triumph over death, um, that was accomplished by Jesus. And because he lives, so too shall we. We thank you, Lord, that this body of death that Paul anguished over in Romans 8 and that we anguish over every day, um, one day will be swallowed up in victory. One day that that which restrains us and, and keeps us grounded on this earth and we, it brings us the, the anguish of battling against sin. One day that entire nature will be gone and it'll just be glorious. It'll be a body that is fit for eternity, but is also free from the bondages of earth. And we thank you for that, Father. What a great thing to be looking forward to and that you've built into our hope. Uh, and of course, the greatest hope of all is that one day we will see you. And of course, we know that's not something we wonder if it will happen, but Lord, you have promised it to your believers, to your followers, to those who trust you. Uh, Father, we thank you that your son Jesus actually said that he's gone to prepare a place for us, that where he is, there we may also be. And we so look forward to seeing him. Thank you, Father. We love you and we praise you and we bless you for the beauty of the gospel, that liberating, life-changing, eternity-altering message rooted in the finished work of Christ Jesus. Thank you. We love you and we praise you and we bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace forever. Amen.